Retailers are finally starting to see inventories drop back down to normal levels, plus artificial intelligence. AI, what is it? What's coming? Um, and how is it going to change things? And one golfer proved it's never too late to achieve your dream. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is Matt Walters here with Eli Freeman and Lee Mackey. Guys, how we doing? Good. Great. Good start to the week. Yeah, it's been a good start to the week. Uh, beautiful weekend this past weekend. Saturday mm-hmm. it was just like perfect day. I mean, mm-hmm. If you could repeat that day after day that would be um, if we could just have it for another month or so yeah i think a month from now we're gonna be dreaming of days that are no humidity and low 70s but yeah i think that was our our one spring weekend yeah (laughs) yeah no it was awesome i spent almost all weekend just outside working and getting some things done so it was it was an awesome weekend so wanted to start with talking about the retail inventory kind of situation you know Coming out of COVID and going through COVID, so many retailers, there's so many supply chain issues that a lot of inventory people, you've, you've seen it in the headlines, a lot of inventory got built up to, an, to the extent where it started to become an issue, right? And orders started flowing in. And so uh, some good news kind of in that space, Target, TJ Maxx, or TJX, who owns TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods, Walmart, Ross, all reported inventory declines of somewhere between 8 and 16% from a year ago. So that's that's a good thing, you know, we could if you can avoid the fire sales um, as much as possible, that's a good thing. And then Target CEO told analysts that last year's excess inventory problem was in the rearview mirror. So not to spend too long on this, but you know, obviously retail inventory supply chain has been a hot topic over the last few years. This is where we're at now, hopefully kind of trending in the right direction. Any any thoughts? No, I mean, retail's just, they've whipsawed over the last few years since yeah. COVID. I mean, they went from not having anything to sell mm-hmm. to all the ships came in and their warehouses were full. And, you know, then they're having to, like you said, you know, cut prices and, you know, offer deep discounts for their goods. Now it seems like they are kind of back to pre-pandemic levels. You know, in retail, you know, with with people's shopping the consumer is so big such a big part of our economy we'll see how they fare as we go into a slowdown it one one would think that the likes of walmart tj maxx those discount type real retailers general. dollar general family dollar dollar tree all of those would fare well as we go into this slower you know economy over the summer and into the fall so mm-hmm. i mean it, it's encouraging to see inventories dropping i remember us on the podcast about it probably about a year ago now talking about Blackstone grills being on discount and TVs being on discount because of just a glut, uh, glut. Is that a right word? I think that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> a glut, just roll with it. A, a glut of inventory that are, that are at these large retailers. So knowing that they unwind, I was listening to a, a different podcast besides our own that was talking about don't underestimate 
how nimble American companies are. When when curveballs are thrown at American mm-hmm. companies, they make the best of it, and a lot of times can hold their profit margins while doing so. You know, <clears throat> that's uh, interesting. You said that as you know, we're kind of getting off of the inventory um, subject, but staying with retailers. Walmart's been in the news lately because they are starting to introduce AI, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about here in a minute. They're starting to introduce more autom- automation into their warehouses. I think a warehouse up here in Northwest Arkansas is about to employ more robots mm-hmm. um, for shelving and so forth like that. And then yesterday um, they announced, or I saw an article talking about how, you know, the prices that are on the shelving for all your goods, you yeah, know, grocery, whatever you know, that takes people to go through. Every time a price changes, a person has to go through and and change that. Well, they're going to roll out to 500 stores electronic pricing. And so one person gets just press a button and all the pricing will change throughout the store electronically without the paper. So, you know, these are small ways that retailers are trying to cut costs and save expenses. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, we've seen a huge huge wave kind of over the last few years in the retail space and um i think some of this is just trying to get back to normal oh yeah and so um hopefully we're closer to that and kind of back on longer term trends um so primary topic of today is ai everybody who's listening has heard of ai Mm -hmm. if you if you haven't you're living in a hole somewhere because right (laughs) it's kind of your kids or grandkids are cheating on their papers yeah (laughs) yeah everybody's used it read about it heard of it um at some point or another. So today we're going to talk about AI. And I thought a great place to start was, so I've got a chat GPT account. Um, so yeah, I'm cheating all the time on everything. But I actually jumped on there and was and just wanted to ask, so how would AI define itself? Like how yeah. does AI define an AI? Um, so I'm going to, a little long, but I'm, I'm going to summarize it best I can. So AI refers to the field of computer science that focuses on creating intelligent machines capable of performing tasks that typically require human intelligence. AI aims to develop systems that can perceive, reason, learn, and act in ways that simulate human cognitive abilities. Um, so there are two, tam- two main types of AI, narrow AI, and this was actually pretty educational for me. So there's narrow AI and general AI. Narrow AI is artificial intelligence that's designed to perform like a specific task, mm-hmm. right? Just one thing, like do this. General AI... Um, refers to highly autonomous systems that possess the ability to understand, learn, and apply knowledge across various domains. General AI would exhibit human-like intelligence and be capable of performing a wide range of tasks at a level equal to or surpassing human abilities. So that's kind of what's been in the, the... you know, the news lately is, I guess, that more general AI, right? Chat GPT. It and sounds like AI to, is bragging. Yeah. Equal to or surpass human abilities. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and then to wrap it up here, AI technologies have a wide range of applications, including healthcare, finance, transportation, manufacturing, entertainment, and many others. They can analyze large data sets, automate repetitive tasks, provide personalized recommendations, enhance decision making, and assist with complex problem solving. So, Guys, that's how AI describes itself or defines itself. Um, again, that was kind of educational for me in certain ways. But before we dive into anything specific with AI, kind of general thoughts on where we're at, um, chat GPT being a thing now and people using AI on a daily basis. You know, part of me, not part of me, we're in the infancy, we're in the beginning stages, yet it's blown up 
you know, I mean, it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. AI in and of itself has been around for years. Sure. But in the last six months, it has really just dominated the news, dominated the markets. Um, <clears throat> David and I were at a conference um, late last week, and one of the presenters we was, was talking about AI and, and the companies and so forth, and, and they were talking about how fast, you know, artificial intelligence is taking over. And I think I shared with you guys yesterday that um, – it took it took Meta, Facebook, you know, several years to get to 100 million users. It took Instagram, I think, three years to get to 100 million. Mm-hmm. It took Snapchat two years to get to 100 million it, users. It took ChatGPT two months. Yeah. To re, to achieve the 100 million user mark. So it just shows that, I mean, it's permeating all of society. And I'll give you a quick point, and then. You know, I'd like to get Eli's point of view on this. My wife was updating a biography or a bio for, for a job, mm-hmm. and she just put some of her qualifications or into ChatGPT, and it spit out this beautiful <laughs> biography, and she said it was almost too perfect. <laughs> so she went in and, and changed a little bit of it. But my wife is not on social media, really. Yeah. I mean, so this is permeating parts of society that never would have been social media users but she said it was just the most amazing thing and it took like 15 seconds yeah you know get it get you know i lead a ninth and tenth grade boys small group at church and we had to have basically a come to jesus about integrity and honesty because each and every one of them i said have you guys even come close to copy and pasting from chat gpt to your paper and a resounding like big head nod yes we, and they're they're all doing it. Mm-hmm. They're all beginning to. And now there's even softwares that they can insert errors into the paper to make it look more real. You know, and it's, this isn't just re- this is not research. I mean, it's not like you're doing a research paper on the history of the stock market. Mm-hmm. This is it's writing the paper for you. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. It's not like you're going out finding some fast way to do research. It's saying here's my topic, and in ten minutes, ChatGPT or another software is writing the paper mm-hmm. for you. So that's that's where this whole idea of cheating yeah. comes into play. So I think where I could see a lot of innovation in the AI space is for white collar jobs that are fairly task oriented. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you think of um, like customer service representatives, maybe you can AI a good majority of that with commonly asked questions or um, email response if you email a general email, getting AI to, to type a response back. Um, I think of, it, there was, in the insurance industry, many, many years ago, there was a lot of people doing all of the underwriting for insurance. Well, now that's all done basically through softwares and, mm-hmm. and different softwares that are able to do that. Maybe now that you could use a paralegal is chat GPT or some form of AI. A lot of these white collar jobs will probably maybe be replaced at some point in the future yeah i mean you, you know who mike Rowe is the dirty mm-hmm. jobs guy so mm-hmm. he was i don't know if you saw this but he was doing an interview or put out an article or something the other day and i was looking at it and he was talking about how you know everybody technology for years everybody was saying was going to replace like the more blue collar jobs right and how it's kind of been flipped on its head because now you can't find we can't hire or train enough welders and plumbers mm-hmm. and construction people and you know and those jobs are pretty safe you know they're not really at risk when it comes to ai uh, but like eli said the white collar jobs i think are and especially those highly repetitive um 
you know, positions that are just very task oriented, I think the AI will absolutely revolutionize that space. So I, to kind of follow up on that, my next question to chat GPT, I'm, I'm starting, it's like a friend. I have another friend. now. <laughs> um, I asked, will AI take over the world? Because that's kind of like, no one has like, Come, no one necessarily comes out and says it in that way, but that's what's in the back of everybody's mind is like, is AI just going to like take over everything? And so it said, this is ChatGPT's response. It said, rather than AI taking over the world, it is more likely that AI will continue to augment human capabilities, assisting in various tasks and enhancing productivity across industries. The collaboration between humans and AI systems has the potential to bring about positive transformation in areas like healthcare, education, research, and many other fields. So... That's exactly, I mean, I was like, that was well said. Again, mm -hmm. <laughs> chat GPT doing a good job. But I think the whole idea of AI kind of just completely taking over, I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm not fearful of that um, from a standpoint of, I think there are always going to be, there's always going to be a need for human interaction, for human thinking, for thought, you know, who's coding this stuff, who's um, managing, you know, there's always going to be a need. But just like, the grocery industry changed when pickup came about, right? Everybody's like, well, that's going to take away so many jobs. Or when um, you stop, you got away from people checking people out the front of the stores, right? There was an uproar about that sure. like, where we're getting rid of all these jobs. Well, now how many time, how many people do you have like personal, personal shopping. shoppers yeah. and people bringing out groceries? Um, so it's created a bunch of new jobs in just a different way. And so I don't look, I don't think AI will be any different. I think the jobs will change. And industries will change, but I don't think um, it's going to take over in a negative sense. Yeah, I, and I agree. I mean, for the last 50 years or for all of mankind, there's always been this as as things revolutionize. Yeah, yeah, you know that it, we're going to take away work for humans. You know, this, this is no different. I mean, sure, it's going to change things, but, you know, the, there are jobs that, you know, we, we talk about college kids that are – I have a daughter that's starting college in the fall – there are going to be jobs available to her in four years that don't even exist now. And mm -hmm. so we can't wrap our mind around what will be there in the future. And so there's always going to be needs for humans. I mean, and even in our business, you know, there, you know, several years ago, the whole robo investor, you know, craze was out there and there was this concern or this thought of right. like, are robots going to take off, take over and will there ever be a need for financial, financial advisors yeah. anymore? And we saw that there's a place for them, but people still want that. The hype kind of fizzled out. Yeah, and the, people yeah. want human contact. They want to be able to see somebody face-to-face. -face, so, The optimist in me wants to think that maybe, just maybe, if AI is able to replace some of the easier tasks, that allows humans to get to something that they find a lot more purpose mm -hmm. in with their job. So that would be my, my big picture if the world is a better place because of AI because people are able to do stuff that they love and care about a lot more. And it will be interesting. So we're, what, what is today? May the 23rd, 23rd. 2023. So let's mark the tape. Timestamp. Let's timestamp it. So May of 2024, let's look back to see, okay, what what's has different? AI done? Yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what's happened in the next 12 months. And this was, I listened to this um, on a, I heard this on another podcast, but Eli Craig, is it Amara? Amara's? I think it's Amara. Amara's Law. It's, Have you ever heard of this? A Stanford scientist, I think. Yeah, so Amara's Law um, it says, we tend to overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. And I think that hmm. 
is so true, right? And AI is probably the same. It's overhyped right now. It's the new thing. Um, it's not going to do everything that people are saying it's going to do right now. But over the long term, there, to your point, there, it's going to be impactful in ways that we don't even we haven't yeah. even thought of. So, so let's timestamp this for twenty years. Yeah, from now. Yeah, we're going to go back and look at this. And um, so I think AI. Let's get into what does it affect and how does it change our industry specifically, right? So the the investing world markets. What do you guys think will be the most impactful? change that AI brings to, you know, what we what we do. One of my favorite parts about how AI could help our industry is one of the main problems in our industry is feelings. Mm-hmm. Whenever you introduce feelings with something that basically is statistical, like investing, you can introduce some um, bad habits. And if we're able to take more feelings out of investing by the use of AI, I'm all for that. If If we can get investors to say, yes, I agree with this strategy and I will let AI do some of the work for me and know that that's okay, then to me, that's a win to take feelings out of investing. You know, and I think that some of the, I agree with that. Um, So much of our business is psychological. And if you can take a little bit of that out, it'll help. But I think too, you know, parts of our business are very um, routine parts of it, you know, rebalancing and Mm -hmm. reallocations and so forth. So I think AI could really help with that, that, right now requires some people to do a lot of repetitive work. So I think that in the future it could, it could help that as well. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll improve and make certain tasks more efficient. Absolutely. And it can, can expedite decision-making, right. And if you're looking to do some research, it can absolutely expedite the Mm -hmm. research process for, Hey, I need this and that on this company or this strategy or this model. Um, where, you know, now that can take some time to go pull all that data down, you know, if it could collect and pull and, and kind of know what you were trying to accomplish, I still think the human, um, the human touch on that is going to remain very valuable mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. And I think people, generally speaking, you have your robo advisor people and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's right. a great solution for a lot of people, but I think, there are a lot of people and will remain a lot of people out there that want to sit across the table from someone and have mm-hmm. a conversation um, because you can't replace that human interaction with the emotions, the, the, the psychology that comes along with just having a conversation, getting to know someone um, because life is not, life is not numbers and math formulas, right? I mean, it's not always X plus Y equals Z. Right. Um, there are exceptions and there are things that come up and situational things that are very specific to an individual. And so, again, I think just like robo advisors found kind of a niche of, hey, here's a people, maybe it's younger people, maybe it's kind of your do it yourself people. And it works really well for them. I think AI will be kind of the same and maybe enhance that to some degree, enhance our jobs to some degree. Um, but I don't think it's going to re- necessarily replace either one or any of the Correct. current options. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Fun to follow. Well, yeah, and I think markets in general will only get quicker and faster, which is kind of annoying in some ways. I wish things I wish a lot of it would slow down. Yeah, I think no there's <laughs> I think there's value in making people and systems uh process mm-hmm. before they react, but I think AI will only exponentially increase the speed at which you know, movement in the markets happen. Yeah, in a very so. small way, you could think back to when the when SVB failed. 
Silicon Valley Bank mm-hmm. and the amount of sell-off that happened in all of the banks everywhere, that wouldn't have happened 50 years ago. Yeah. The speed at which they sold off for valid or invalid reasons sure. that, that some of the other banks, some really strong banks that are capitalized properly yeah. sold off just because of how quick the market is able to respond and react today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you have things that happen today in the markets that are solely because of um, – technology the speed of information trigger, triggers being hit yes and, you know you have all these quant funds and hedge fund managers that you know have these things built in where when when x happens this is what we do and mm-hmm. it just is that just simple happens. ai and so yeah maybe that is yeah but um so i think that gets faster but again i think that's where it's you need that person or that process even that you have to help yourself slow down yeah because that can kind of get you in a trap any final thoughts on AI, I think it's exciting. It is fun. It's fun to talk about. Um, I love using ChatGPT for just kind of these silly questions, and and I've used it here and there. But you know, the the one thing I would would add is, you know, there's a lot of companies in this. You know, ChatGPT is just one of right. many, but the the legitimacy of AI is there because the big boys are the leaders. I mean, Microsoft, Google. Meta, Facebook, I mean, they're they're leading the way. Mm-hmm. And so that that provides a legitimacy that maybe some other things in the past did not have. So, I mean, it's they're, they're all pouring billions of dollars into this new world. Yeah, that was going to be my final thought was it currently it's pretty difficult to invest in AI, specifically just AI. Correct. Yeah, because sure. if you want to go out and find an AI company traded in the public markets and purchase most of those are owned by all the companies that Lee just listed. Yeah. Right. So you're buying a huge company, not just an AI arm right. of a company. So uh, that would be an interesting, if you look at AI ETFs, most of them are robotic ETFs right. more than they are AI ETFs. So it'll be interesting to see as that yeah. begins to be introduced into the market. There's not been many IPOs recently, so I'm sure we'll yeah. start seeing some yeah, AI IPO IPOs soon. Kind of dried up, but... Um, all right, well, I mentioned this in the beginning, so I do want to touch on it. The PGA story from this past weekend, Lee, you're a big golfer, so this was pretty cool. Was so awesome. Michael Block, PGA professional, 46 years old, PGA club pro out in California, teaches golf lessons. Um, the PGA Championship reserves 20 spots for PGA of America members, so people like Michael Block. Um, there are tw- over 28,000 certified club pros in the U.S., and Block needed to be in the top 15 to secure a spot in next year's PGA sh- Championship. He got a hole-in-one on number 15, um, which was incredible, right? Dropped straight in the hole. Didn't bounce. Nailed didn't, it. Yeah, just nailed it. Um, got up and down on 18 to tie for 15th. So he got that qualifying for next year's um, PGA Championship. Won $288,000 in prize money. The most he had made from a tournament previously was 75000 at a uh, club professional uh, championship eight years ago so just one of those stories that you're like it, it is a cinderella story i mean he was playing with rory on sunday which was like i mean got to yeah. be mm-hmm. like a dream come true for him kind of you know and what's cool is even though they're considered professionals because they're teaching they're right. teaching professionals i mean these guys are not at the level of the rory's and the tigers and the brooks kepkas of the world sure they're, ju- they're just not but on any giving any given day. But they're good. But they're good. Right. And, you know, and it wasn't just hole 15 or 18. I mean, he had performed pretty well. You actually, very good for four days. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just one of those feel-good stories in a, in a 
you know, in a sport where there's a lot of this, the dissension now between live golf and the PGA and, but the 255, I was doing some math over here a little bit ago and the amount of money he made in that one tournament, $288,000. If he makes 125 bucks an hour as a teaching pro, he would have to teach 2003, no, 2,304 hours of golf lessons. And that's a year and a half of golf lessons he made in one weekend. So it's just, yeah, that's awesome. You know, and to see the, the PGA tour members, the, the, the real professionals come up to him afterwards. I mean, it was, it was a feel good story. I think everybody loved it. So it was, it was fun to watch. Here's a question. We won't get into this today, but being the finance guy that I am, how is a California resident taxed if they play in a golf tournament in another state? Like, how does that work? Cause well, typically, you know, professional athletes. You're taxing the state you play. That's right? correct. Yeah. And so, you know, years ago I worked with um, some professional athletes in Tennessee. And so whenever they would go and play a football game in New York or Texas or California, they were taxed in that yeah, state right. for that one week's worth of earnings. And so, yeah, I'm sure he has to file. So he probably loves playing outside the state of California. <laughs> oh, I know. Now, they were, in, they were in New York, so I don't oh, know okay. if it was much yeah. better. But <laughs> That's true. maybe he should have picked that to go in, you know, Tennessee or Texas Florida. or Florida. Yeah. yeah, but it was a feel-good story. Everybody was talking about it, I'm sure, on Mondays around the water cooler. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Very we'll, good story. We'll see how he does this week. You know, he may go out and shoot a 90, you know, but who, he doesn't care. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good story for sure. Great way to end it. As always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one's from George Elliott. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Guys, good conversation. We'll be back next week. As always, we appreciate you listening to The Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.